Hello, welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And uh, coming at you today with uh, another solo episode. Um, This one's based on a few different things, some stuff that I've been thinking about, um, primarily based on or comes from um, a conversation that uh, that I was having with uh, with my team at TEC, and uh, as well as some reading that I've been doing, um, and it's really centered around um, where we're at, uh, specifically in the northern hemisphere, uh, this time of year with really aggressive goal setting, starting to uh, to maybe do some events. Um, really push towards some aggressive goals coming into the summer uh, and what that really means for us as athletes, specifically what it means for us from uh, a mental and emotional uh, perspective uh, as we set our sights on big goals and um, what it feels like when we're on the other side of those goals. When we reach those goals, hopefully when we accomplish what we set out to do, when we identify uh, and define success, uh, we check that box uh, and then what? Um, and so the the then what part uh, is is what I want to talk about today. Uh, and specifically, uh, what I want to uh, to unpack is uh, is this thing called the arrival fallacy. So uh, I'm going to throw out a few references. First and foremost, the arrival fallacy uh, was coined by the phrase itself was coined uh, by a man by the name of Tal Ben-Shahar. He's a researcher uh, at Harvard. Uh, I've referenced some of his work on the show before. Uh, He does a lot of um, stuff uh, in the space of um, uh, mental performance, uh, psychological skills, things like that. So um, so he's the one that came up with this, the the phrase, the arrival fallacy. Um, What led me down this road was doing some reading. Uh, There was a fantastic uh, article uh, in uh, in Outside uh, Magazine um, uh, about the um, the current uh, world champion for the 1500 meter um, uh, run on the track, uh, as well as uh, and again, uh, folks that I've referenced on the show. If you guys are listeners, you know I'm huge fans uh, of uh, Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg. Uh, they put out uh, content um, uh, under the growth equation, uh, and they reference this work as well. So just want to make sure that I give um, uh, give reference to to everyone that I drew inspiration from, as well as encourage you guys to check check out their stuff. Um, again, uh, Brad and Steve are doing fantastic work. Um, they have some new books out. I encourage you guys to read their stuff, um, read that content, those books as well. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. 
Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. So, let's dive in the arrival fallacy, uh, what is it, uh, and specifically what I want to uh, eventually arrive at or get to is three ways that you can combat the arrival fallacy because this is something that I see play out with athletes uh, all the time. And specifically, you know, what the arrival fallacy is, the, the definition of, of it is this belief that once you accomplish a specific goal, you'll attain some sense of lasting gratification. And what we've seen uh, and what we know to be true is that that, uh, that is not the case, right? The, uh, the goalpost is always moving. Um, once we reach that goal, once we satisfy that requirement, once we check that box, um, it's, it's not as fulfilling as we thought it was going to be. On the other side of that, we're left feeling kind of empty, you know, with this kind of what next uh, mentality. And so it's, it's this idea that, again, the fallacy is that once we get to this thing, so if we, if we uh, um, put it in terms of, of athletics or athleticism and our goals as endurance athletes, it would be that, you know, once I um, accomplish this, uh, this specific uh, distance, once I finish this specific race, once I uh, am able to, you know, obtain a certain qualification as an athlete, be that, you know, uh, a, a pro racer or something like that. Once I do any of these things, that that's going to be what makes me happy. That's going to be what um, gives me, you know, a feeling of accomplishment, a sense of belonging, so on and so forth. And we see time and time again, uh, across the board, meaning, you know, with professional athletes, it's well documented in the, in the, um, uh, in the space of uh, professional athletes, as well as amateur athletes. Um, we see that happen a lot with, there's been several studies on uh, marathon runners, amateur uh, marathon runners, that the buildup to that, um, to that distance uh, is, you know, is so intense and takes so much commitment that when they get on the other side of that, once they accomplish the marathon, they feel, uh, they feel empty, you know, and they feel like this kind of sense of, you know, what, what is it all for? Um, why do I train? Why do I need to keep doing this? Um, and unfortunately, so often they don't have a clear answer. And so they, 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 uh, cease to engage in their sport. And like I've said time and time again on the show, that really for me is, uh, is the, the worst thing that could happen is that we, we lose sight of the value that, uh, the pursuit of our athleticism 
provides. So a few kind of qualifiers for this arrival fallacy. First and foremost, or, or one of the best ways that I helps me think about it is, uh, is, is an if-then statement. So if you find yourself saying things like, you know, if I do X, um, then I'll be content. So, you know, I think we say that a lot as athletes. Certainly I found myself saying that is, you know, if I um, run this particular distance, uh, if I finish top 10 in this particular race, um, then I'll be happy. Then the work that I put in will be worthwhile. So that's a good cue if you find yourself using those statements to know that you might be trapped in this arrival fallacy construct. And it's something that's important to get ahead of. And, and one of the, um, the best ways, and it's really kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of kind of a Zen mantra uh, in, in terms of one of the best ways that's, that I've found to kind of help me personally get, um, get over this arrival fallacy is, is to understand that in a lot of ways you'll, you'll never be content, meaning that, that the pursuit of the thing is, is what is worthwhile. That, you know, that there's always going to be another goal. There's always going to be opportunities to push yourself, opportunities to strive. It doesn't mean that you can't be or shouldn't be or, or shouldn't work to find um, uh, a place of contentment when you're in that process. But knowing that that there's never an end goal, that you're always going to push and strive and again, work to, um, you know, reach your full potential or understand um, how to um, how to redefine success in, in other ways down the road. And, and when you kind of come to terms and make peace with this, this idea that that, you know, contentment at the end of the road is not is not really the goal then there's, it's a really kind of freeing idea and knowing that the, the work is what matters and the pursuit of those goals um, and working to better yourself constantly is what uh, is fulfilling. So again, if you find yourself in kind of this if-then statement, maybe uh, work to or integrate um, just this idea that, you know, again, contentment at the end of the road is, is not what we're after. Uh, because it's it's not there. Uh, it's going to move. Um, it's going to look different. It's going to feel different as we age, as we mature, as our circumstances change. Um, and understanding that at the onset is really um, one of the best ways we can get ahead of and get out of this arrival fallacy um, trap. So one of the things that we run into when we understand the arrival fallacy is that it, it can oftentimes put us in a position where we say, okay, well then, then what is it all for? You know, if, if I, um, if, if I know I'm not going to feel good, if I know that this goal is not going to make me feel more content, uh, if I'm not going to, um, you know, get to this place and have any sort of gratification, then why do I even start at all? You know, what's the point of striving if if the end goal doesn't satisfy me or bring me the type of gratification that I was hoping for? 
Um, and that's a fair point because, you know, it's this, it, it would be easy to just not do it, right? It would be, um, it, it would be more straightforward to say, well, if I know I'm, I'm, you know, in a sense, setting myself up uh, to not feel uh, the way that I had hoped or to not get out of this thing um, what I had expected, then I, I won't start at all and I won't have to feel let down. Fair point. However, there's a distinction here. Again, something that's kind of helped me wrap my, my head around this is this, there's a difference in striving for the sake of meeting external expectations, meeting outcome-based expectations, meaning at the onset of, of this goal, um, I'm, I'm committed to this thing. I'm striving because I want to, because I, I want to reach this goal. That's my singular focus. Um, that's oftentimes how we look at things, right? I'm going to train for a marathon because I want to finish the marathon. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to train for, you know, this bike race because I want to, I want to win this particular event. That's striving for the sake of the, the expectations around an outcome. That's the arrival fallacy piece. The difference in the shift in language is that we can strive for the simple goal of bettering ourselves. So the, so the language shift there is I'm going to commit to training for this bike race because, because the pursuit of, of that, the, the, the um, commitment to that level of consistency focus um, is going to make me a better person. It's going to, it's going to build a better body. It's going to build a healthier mindset. And, and that's what is worthwhile. And then when I get to that outcome, if and when I'm able to accomplish my goal of winning that race, fantastic. But the striving for the sake of um, betting, bettering yourself versus um, striving for expectations around an outcome. So again, it's a language shift, but what that does is it, it reconfigures how we think about that goal uh, in our minds and helps us, um, again, remove ourselves from that arrival fallacy. Um, and so, so to build on that, um, again, it's easy to say, okay, well, you know, so what, you know, Taylor, why do I, why do I want to commit to this process? Um, if how I define bettering myself is winning this race, right? So you see, there's a lot of language pieces that we can get wrapped up in. Um, and this is something that I'm always fascinated by is just unpacking the language component and how these simple shifts can really set off a chain reaction that totally redefines how we think about uh, success and failure, how we think about our goals. So, you know, we want to push and strive because we're enjoying it, um, not to arrive at some place that we imagine will change us, right? And and I want to, I'll back up for a second to say, and I, and I should have said this at the start, this applies to, to everything in life. So, you know, I'm coming at it through the lens of, like I often do on this podcast, through the lens of endurance sports. But I think we've all probably had these experiences or certainly can imagine circumstances where this plays out in, in any number of areas in our lives. So uh, certainly... Uh, from a career perspective, right? When I get that 
uh, promotion, when I get that new job title, that raise, that new level of responsibility, when I get that new job that I've been uh, looking for, then, then I'll be happy. Then my problems will be solved. Um, then I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so often that, that happens uh, if we link those two things that happens on the athlete side of things where we say, well, when X, Y, and Z happen, then I'll be in a place where I can commit to bettering myself as an athlete. So, you know, when I get this new job, when my schedule settles down, when, um, you know, my family's in a particular place that allows me to free up some time and we just keep pushing it down the road, right? What happens is we never actually arrive there and thus we never uh, give ourselves the opportunity to better ourselves. But again, um, we can apply this and certainly the arrival fallacy applies to any area of our lives. I know personally it's played itself out and or shown up in any number of, uh, of ways um, in my life, certainly in the career uh, side of things, as well as um, the, um, the endurance sports side of things. So again, we want to push and strive because you enjoy it, not to arrive at some place that you think will be, that will change you or that you'll arrive at some place where you'll be kind of magically, you know, the better, better version of yourself um, or the best version of yourself or a different version of yourself. The goal is um, that, that the pushing and striving to be the best version of yourself, to commit to that goal uh, is something that you actually see value in, right? You that you enjoy, um, and again, it's this, it's this, it's this kind of ability to disconnect from from the outcome, from the goal, and like I said earlier, understand that that when you get to that thing, you'll you'll never be content. On the other side of that goal is another goal, right? So um, you run a marathon. Okay, great. Maybe it's your first marathon. Um, are there opportunities to better yourself? Um, could you go faster? Could you um, could you tweak your fueling strategy? Could you feel better? Could you be more prepared? Could you be more resilient? Um, you know, any number of ways that just on the other side of that goal is an opportunity for another goal. And you're going to realize that when you get to the other side of that thing, and it's not going to feel as fulfilling as you thought it would. So if we get ahead of that, again, if we understand that there's not really contentment uh, on the other side of that goal, it helps us push and strive for the sake of, of, of the thing, right? Push and strive because we enjoy it. Um, this is something that for me personally took me a long time to understand. You know, I, I was 100% outcome-based early in my athletic career where there, you know, the answer to why I did it was to win. Um, and I felt it time and time again that I, you know, did a specific distance or discipline, did well, won, met my goals, whatever it was. And then, and then immediately on the other side of that thing, um, it, I, I wasn't any different. I, I wasn't any, um, more clear about why I did it. I just went on to the next goal, rinse and repeat, uh, until I started to really dig into um, some of these ideas. Again, 
you know, why are we doing it? What value does the process bring? Um, you know, you hear about the process all the time. Certainly, I talk about it uh, at length on this show. It's something that um, I'm 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 very interested in. I'm fascinated in how we as individuals engage in that process. But this is this is one of the best examples of why we have to find joy in that process because by definition that goal isn't going to provide provide what we what we think it, it it's going to oftentimes um, if we're rooted in in expectations around that outcome so um, so now I want to to uh, unpack that a little further and I want to provide three actionable um, goals, three actionable ways to combat or get ahead of the arrival fallacy. Because it's all well and good to say, you know, this thing happens, it's out there, we need to look out for it. Um, but, but, but what do we do in practice, right? How can we set ourselves up for success? Because I think that's the, that's the real crux is that once we identify it, then it becomes an active process to understand how we, um, how we can dodge it, you know, how we can ensure that we're rooted in that process. Um, and because it's, it's, it's so natural to fall back to, um, the outcome, right? It it really is a consistent, uh, requires consistent effort and is an active process to stay rooted, um, in that joy, uh, in the excitement around, um, um, around the process. So three ways to combat, uh, or again, kind of get ahead of the arrival fallacy market. Uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it, uh, with our listeners, uh, access nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc. Uh, so without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs- absorption, leading to deficiencies. So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, You can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code Thomas Endurance um, to get 25% off uh, your order. 
And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it would be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org, code Thomas Endurance for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. First, um, work to identify one component, one part of the process that you love. So what is the process? Um, I think it's important to define that. Very simply, the way that I think about the process is anything from the time when you commit to that goal to the goal. Right, so we'll use a specific example. Um, I've been referencing marathons, uh, so we'll use that. From the time that you said, okay, um, I need to start training for this marathon to the day of the marathon, everything in between that is the process. Uh, and it's literally everything that's included. It's, um, it's, you know, how do you treat your body? How do you think about your your preparation? How do you think about yourself as an athlete outside of your training? I, I describe it as, you know, what are you doing in the other 23 hours a day, right? If your workout lasts an hour, what are you doing those other 23 hours? Um, those things are part of the process, you know, fueling, sleep, stress management, uh, your, your emotional and mental health. Um, it is, you know, what's the team in place around you? Who's going to help you get there? You know, that that uh, engagement is part of the process. You know, is it a coach? Is it a dietitian? Is it a mental, um, you know, skills expert? Is it a therapist? Um, so on and so forth. Uh, and then, of course, it's the the actual, you know, the training component. You know, and, and if we back up, it's the preparation for that training, right? So, you know, how do we set ourselves up for success? What's the schedule look like? You know, what does it look like when we wake up in the morning? Um, you know, eat breakfast, hydrate, jump on the bike to, to get in a training session, go to work, right? All of that timeline is part of the process as well. So what is one, one thing that you love about that process, right? So um, I'll give you my, my one thing. There's many, but a specific example is my one thing is I love that when I show up, um, for myself. So when I carve out and make time for consistent training, it makes me better in all areas of my life. I see it every day. Uh, when I, if I don't do it, I am not, um, the person that I want to be for in my career, for my family, for my friends. When I show up for myself and I treat that time with as much weight is I treat um, the time that I need to give to other areas of my life. It um, I reap the benefits time and time again, um, and it's something I've seen play out so much that I it's it's integral. Um, I, I don't make uh, I don't negotiate with myself around that time. It is um, it is just as valuable, if not the most valuable thing that I do every day, and. And so that's part of the process. 
because I know if I show up, it allows me to execute in other areas of my life um, in a way that's in alignment with my goals uh, and in alignment with my full potential. So, um, so, so try to identify or work to identify one thing that you love about the process. How do you see that process? Um, where does it shine for you? Right. Where is it? Um, where is it the most impactful? Um, and that's going to help you stay connected to that process. The reason that that I want you to identify that is because it's going to help you see um, waypoints, benchmarks between when, again, when you've identified that goal and when you execute on that goal. Oftentimes, that can be a very long runway. So you need to be grounded. You need to find things that you can root yourself in within that process that helps you stay connected to it. It helps you love it um, in, in a way that, you know, in my opinion, and this is the extreme version, but in a way that if the goal didn't happen, you'd still be okay, right? For me, I think about it as if I never got to, to show up to an event, a race, um, a, a, you know, a day where I can uh, try to execute on my goals. I love the process so much that that would be okay, right? It, it would be fine. I would go right back to that process because it's something I see so much value in. Um, I know that a lot of people need and require that outcome component and that's okay. But again, just for context, try to think about, you know, what is the thing I love um, that's going to keep me connected to that process in a way that the process becomes just as valuable as the outcome. Second thing is um, establish a runway um, past your next goal, past your next event. Um, so what that looks like is, and the reason that's important is so often we, we set up a race calendar, for instance, right? And say our last race is in, you know, September of this year. It is hard to see past that, uh, that event. And what that, what that immediately sets up is the, the construct for the arrival fallacy, right? Meaning that if we only see in our minds, on our calendar, in our training plan up to a specific date, it, it helps build up the idea that, that at that date, uh, we're going to have accomplished everything that we wanted to, that we're going to be fulfilled. We're going to feel great about ourselves. We're going to have reached the fitness that we hoped we had reached. Um, and then on the other side of that, we're left feeling pretty lost. So I think it's important to always um, set up a runway that's past your um, your race calendar, for instance. So you know what I'll do is establish my goals throughout the year, and then predefine what I hope to accomplish. Um, you know, if we're using the September example, what do I want to accomplish um, by December. You know, how do I want to use the winter? What do I want to accomplish by next spring? Push that runway out so that mentally you're already um, you're already moving past that goal. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't strive and commit and push to be uh, as prepared as possible by specific dates or specific benchmarks. But again, 
it shifts that perspective so there's not a hard stop there so that we have um, we can see clearly the potential for growth on the other side of uh, of that that goal. So work to do that. And I think that's just a good practice from a training philosophy as well um, so that you realize the value of, of each season, right? Even when race season is over, even when you've executed on your goals, that next season holds just as much value. It's an opportunity to, to grow. It might look and feel different or it probably should look and feel different, but that's okay. That's still uh, an important time period uh, and again, holds just as much value as as the the race season uh, or the season in which we're really pushing towards our goals. The third uh, example, the th- third way to combat the arrival fallacy is to surround yourself with a team that provides you perspective. So um, the pursuit of aggressive goals can often kind of inherently be a, a solo, an isolating, and a selfish endeavor, specifically with endurance sports that aren't uh, often team-oriented, right? We have solo goals. We train solo. Those goals are specific to us as individuals, and so it can be fairly isolating. Um, and what that, among other things, there's some other pitfalls with that as well, but one of the things that that keeps us from, uh, from having is perspective, Right when we're when we're stuck in our own world, when we're isolated, when we're siloed, um, it's hard to find perspective because we only have ourselves to bounce ideas off of. Right, we only have ourselves to check ourselves against. Um, I've talked about it a lot on the show. I'm a big believer in having a support network, and what that support network does, um, among many other things, um, mental emotional support, um, you know, prescriptive support, guidance. Um, sounding board, um, so on and so forth. What that team does is helps provide perspective. Oftentimes when you bring other people into the fold, coaches, um, your nutrition experts, your mental skills coach, your family, your friends, when you bring those folks into the fold, when you invite them into to share in your goal, um, they help you see that, um, that that goal is just a part of your identity, um, that it's it's just a part of your process and it's not the be all end all, right? They're going to help you extend, um, extend that runway as well, right? So um, they're going to be able to more clearly define what it looks like or help you more clearly define what it looks like on the other side of that goal, right? For instance, if it's your family, you have your marathon uh, in September, you know, maybe you have you know, a family vacation in October or November that, you know, you're going to get out and be active as a family, right? So that's why you want to engage um, and continue to be healthy and continue to be present for your family, continue to be present and show up for yourself so that you can show up for others, right? So they help kind of push the the timeline and, and develop that runway um, past that those end dates that we set up for ourselves as athletes. And again, it's that perspective piece. When we surround ourselves with others, inevitably uh, we're going to uh, get some perspective that we otherwise may not have when we're siloed. Uh, and that's that's a very unique um, aspect of, of being an endurance athlete is we can just become so isolated, so singularly focused on our goals. Um, part of that is what makes 
the pursuit of endurance goals so fantastic, you know, is it does create this just kind of hyper awareness of who we are as individuals, of our bodies, what we need to be successful. But that silo is not necessarily a good place to to hang out in forever, right? We need some perspective. We need people around us. So work to surround yourself with a team that's going to help provide that perspective. It's going to help um, provide some nuance. Of course, as a coach, that's what I do uh, for athletes is help extend that runway, uh, contextualize the weight and the value that these goals bring um, so that we can, we can give them the weight they deserve, but not let them overrun our lives, right? Not let them overtake our, you know, how we think about um, our, our training, how we think about ourselves, how we think about our identity as athletes and individuals. Um, so that when we get to that goal, it's a box to check. We celebrate the victory. We celebrate the failures. We learn from them and then we move forward, right? So there's no drop off on the other side. Uh, we try to get ahead of that that arrival fallacy. So, um, so I hope this was, uh, helpful. Again, this is something that, um, it has really been, uh, exciting for me to dive into, uh, and to think about. It's something that I have helped athletes deal with for, for a long time. And just recently have come into the research and, and, and reading, on, uh, on, you know, the specifics of it and, and what it's all about and why it happens and the, the brain chemistry um, that's involved in creating this arrival fallacy. So again, just a quick recap, uh, knowing what we know about the, the arrival fallacy, three ways that I encourage you to put into place in your own life, in your own training. Um, again, we can, um, uh, we can extrapolate any of these parts to to any area of our lives. So three ways to combat um, and get ahead of the arrival fallacy, whether that's in your in your athletic pursuits, whether that's in your relationships, your career, uh, are going to be identify part of the process that you love. So identify one thing in that process that you love and keeps you coming back for more, keeps you rooted and grounded in that process in a way that, that provides value and is exciting and brings joy. Um, establish a runway that is on the other side of your next goal. So again, regardless of what area of your life uh, you feel like you're uh, struggling with or, or finding yourself caught in this arrival fallacy, um, push past that, that goal. So push pa past that project at work, uh, extend your runway past your, your race calendar and look to understand how uh, those next seasons uh, are going to bring value and what part of those uh, that process you love as well. Lastly, number three, uh, surround yourself with a team that helps provide perspective. So again, we can all get siloed when we're pushing towards a big goal, and it's important to surround ourselves with people um, to begin with because that support network is is critical. We need community um, to 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 accomplish our goals to be the best versions of ourselves, but more specifically um, to, to these constructs, uh, that, that support network, uh, that team is going to naturally provide perspective. Uh, when we get out of that silo, it's going to help us understand um, kind of, you know, the value of the process, our place in all of it, uh, and help provide some of that, some of that grounding uh, that, we, uh, that we all need. So um, 
Hope this was helpful as always. Thank you so much. Uh, if there's any questions, uh, enduranceminded.com. Scroll to the bottom, uh, drop us a comment. Let us know what we can help with. Anything on your mind, any problems you've been dealing with, struggles, concerns, questions. Um, that's uh, often where these solo uh, episodes come from. Uh, and I love integrating your questions into uh, interviews that I have with other folks. So please, if you've yet to do so, love to hear from you, enduranceminded.com. As always, thomasenduranceCoaching.com for more resources, support um, uh, for everything that we talk about on the show. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, coaching team uh, that would love to, uh, to talk to you. We always offer free introductory calls if you need to bounce ideas off of someone. Uh, also, we just uh, welcome to the team, uh, if you watched our, uh, our last um, podcast episode, Megan Letts. She's a new uh, mental performance coach for TEC, um, and she is an expert in unpacking and uncovering and helping uh, individuals uh, understand so much of what we talk about on Endurance Minded. So you can reach out to her at thomasendurancecoaching.com as well. So thanks as always for your support. Rate, subscribe, share with a friend. Can't thank you enough. Uh, and I'll see you next time.